podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. We are the flagship show of the 10-12 Podcast Network and partners with Sports Drink, your water cooler for sports and not sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday it is Thursday. That means that we are making picks, and we've got last week to talk about. We've got a ton of games to look forward to. That does include every Big 12 game current and future member. Joining me as they do every week to make these picks, we have our pro, our professional, the guy who does this for a living, the smartest man amongst the three of us. That is Daniel Alexander. Ah, smartest man. You're being generous. You're being real generous here. I uh, throw Sometimes I get lucky. Let's keep rolling it. I think I had a either break even week, right? Or maybe I was down one this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, five and six, five and six weeks. Yeah, not too shabby. Yeah. yeah, not too bad at all. Uh, the man who had the winning week, second straight winning week, rebounding quickly and well. That is the LGG OG himself, Chris Ross. So I think that would make me the smartest man around here, at least for. Yeah. The last week. Great. You know what happens when you start getting uh, braggy, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to catch up to 500, so I'm not feeling great about the season. But, I hey, I can enjoy the winning week. Live it up. You know, leave it at that. You're almost there, man. You're almost there. Do not worry. We are going to recap last week, but there's a little bit of, little bit of news we need to get to. There's lots of big news around college football this week. A lot of big news. Uh, there's a proposal for a new... 365-day college football calendar, a lot, a lot involved with that. We're not going to try and remotely break all of that down. Uh, I believe that uh, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated did a pretty good job of outlining everything involved with it. That would include moving uh, the start of the college football season to week zero. Basically, you don't need a waiver. You can just get things started. Because the calendar is such a big deal with playoff expansion, that does feel like something that is going to happen. Moving up the start of bowl season, uh, talking about windows as far as recruiting. Again, I'm not going to break all that down. We don't have time for all of that. There's also big news. Uh, I believe it was Dennis Dodd of CBS who put out an article related to that Amazon is may have interest uh, in getting into college football and that the report had been previously that they had tried to bid on the Big Ten, but the Big Ten decided to go with uh, NBC instead so they could get, get big games on television as opposed to having everything go streaming. So this is a an important thing to keep an eye on as far as the Pac-12 and the Big 12 goes as they work to negotiate their new TV deals. But there was, is one story this week. It is a big story, and we do have to talk about it because it is directly related to the Big 12, and that is that Bedlam is over. We knew this was the most likely outcome, uh, and for the foreseeable future, once Oklahoma leaves the Big 12 and heads off to the SEC, Bedlam will be no more. So we know we get Bedlam this year. I believe we will get Bedlam next year because I don't believe OU and Texas will leave until the summer of 24. Uh, but but the days are limited. The number of opportunities to watch Oklahoma and Oklahoma State face off, that is the second longest uh, current uninterrupted college football game is Bedlam. It'll be coming to an end as so many of uh, of our great college football rivalries have due to conference consolidation. I can make jokes about both sides. 
Uh, but the reality is this is a both sides kind of thing. Both sides are, are lobbing grenades at the other. OSU is pointing out that it's Oklahoma who decided to bolt for the SEC, and if they hadn't, then this rivalry would have continued. OU pointing out that Oklahoma State, that they have said that they have they have tried to get this rivalry on the schedule in, in future uh, years, and, and OSU isn't interested in doing so. The OUPR machine go burr right now, and it is working real hard to put all the blame on Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State is basically doing the exact same thing. Fans are at each other. I, I kind of wish there was an Oklahoma State game this weekend, so we would have something to get us a little bit more distracted from it, because after about four hours, it got old quick. Look, the reality of this is this. OU chose to leave for the SEC and, and take what was a conference rivalry game and put it in jeopardy. And I'm not going to fault them for going to the SEC and taking the money, and Oklahoma State fans want to point that out. They would have done the same thing as OU fans want to point out, but this is the situation as it is. Now, could Oklahoma State work to get this on the non-conference schedule in the future? Sure. Are they? Do they have some bruised egos and some hurt feelings, and right now they're not really all that interested in doing it in football and bending over backwards to make it happen? Absolutely. Can you cancel cramp contracts? Yes, they get canceled all the time. Could you actually get this on the schedule in 2030 and 2031? Yes, you could because those are two dates in which or two years in which Oklahoma State does not have a P5 non-conference matchup currently scheduled. And while OU, I believe, has 2030 game against Nebraska, they could easily move that Nebraska game off. I'm sure Nebraska would be happy to accommodate them and then get Bedlam on the schedule. Here's the reality. I don't think this will go the way of Texas and Texas A&M. I do think that OU and OSU will get each other on the non-conference schedule sometime in the future. It's just going to take some time for cooler heads to prevail. But there's hurt feelings, there's bruised egos, and that's what happens. This this is just the situation. And both sides can lob uh, blame at either one. Both have some faults here. They do. Oklahoma started this. OSU is going to continue it. So this is where we are, and Bedlam is not going to be played in football. I do believe it will get played in other sports, men's and women's basketball. Hope, certainly hope softball and baseball because those are huge series. Bedlam is a huge series, period, for both schools. Despite what OU fans will tell you, it is a big series across all sports in that state. And I hope that while football might be on pause for a while, that they find ways, just like Texas and Texas A&M, to continue to play each other in all other sports until they can find a way to come together and get each other on the non-conference schedule in the future. Chris, you're an OSU guy. I'm, I'm sure you have a, a thought or two on this. Yeah. I mean, and only that, just from covering the Big 12 and you know watching the conference go through this with Texas and Texas A&M, very similar situation. You know, OU can try to deflect and say, well, OSU is ducking us. They won't they won't schedule it. But the reality is OU doesn't want that game on their schedule either. And the SEC doesn't want that on their schedule either, and not at least for the next few years. They don't want that embarrassment of OU losing immediately to the Big 12. They're, they want time to pass. Secondly, from both sides, yes, contracts can be broken. These games can be canceled. But that comes at a price. Who's going to pay for that price? And why would Oklahoma State come out of their pocketbook millions of dollars just to play Bedlam when OU bolted for money? It doesn't make like the whole thing. OU can try to gaslight the situation as much as they want. They left for money. It is what it is. A lot of people would make the same decision. And I'm not really going to fault them for that. But don't try to gaslight the situation like like it's out of your control, like you want to, and all this this BS. And I we're gonna have this argument next year and the year after that and the year after that after that. But it's always just the same BS. Oh, you walked away from the conference. It is what it is. Congrats to them for you know making a couple bucks. 
I do think it's going to cost the program in the end, but that's my own sentiment. And that's, that's what I have to say on that. We've talked about this on the show. We talked about this last year when OU and Texas were leaving and Texas was taking all the heat and blame for this. OU and Joe Castiglione are absolute masters at deflecting the blame to somebody else for things and decisions that they make. And again, yes, OSU has to help figure out how to make a, a, a this non-conference schedule happen. And at this point, they don't want to. Right, so it's as we are told, and so it seems, and it certainly seems that way. And again, I don't, I don't fault them for that either. Um, but oh, you started this. That's just the way it is, and so this is where we're at. And and OU fans can get can get mad and not want to take any responsibility or blame for this happening. And say, well, we're doing everything we. No, what you could have done is stay. But we, this is where we are. It's not a big deal. I hate that it's ending. And I'm not I even hate sure that it's ending. I'm not even sure it's bruised egos. I just think it's indifference. Like you ended it. We're okay with that. Let's move on. Mm. Let's just say long-standing relationship has been has been damaged by this. And uh, you know, oh you know what you can get Bedlam ma- this year. Oh, you can get feel mad a lot better about it. All they want. Um, but that's you you there are consequences to every action. And this is just one of them. And you can you can not care or whatever. You can say vocally how much you don't care, fans, on Twitter. Um, the louder you yell, the more that argument is asinine. And that is the correct word to use for it. But anywho. All right. But, but why are you know they what? even bringing it up right now? Like, why are they talking about it right now? Like, why because, are they going out of their way to say, Brett oh, McMurphy, doesn't want to schedule us? Because Bet McMurphy of Stadium mm-hmm. put out an article this week with quotes from both sides that got this whole thing stirring. And then Mike Gundy had stuff to say during a presser and Bob Stoops has come out in an interview and talked about it. And it is, it is very much a, this is getting, this pot's getting stirred. The pot's getting stirred. It'll get stirred again the week of Bedlam aggressively. It'll get stirred over and over again until Oklahoma leaves. It'll get stirred again every year after they leave. Just like we have these conversations about Texas and Texas A&M every single year. This is not the end of this. It's going to go on forever. It's why I'm ready to be done with it now because it's going to, there are other times to have this debate. It's not when Oklahoma State's on an idle week and OU is preparing to face Kansas State in their conference opener. But here we are. Thanks to Brett McMurphy. It's in the news. So I, I do think to to end this, I, I think all this gets real interesting if OSU calls their bluff. If OSU says, okay, let's do it. Let's play this game. And I think that would be great for the Big 12's image right now, too. And then then see how OU responds. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's recap last week. Let's recap last week. Chris, as I mentioned, was our winner for week three. Congrats, Chris. Hit on the under 66 and a half in Oklahoma, Nebraska. Hit on NC State minus 10. Hit on the over 50 in Cincinnati, Miami. Hit on Oregon minus three and a half. Hit on Kansas plus nine and a half. Hit on the under 63 in UCF FAU. And hit on Minnesota minus 27 and a half versus Colorado. That one was never in doubt. Missed on over 53 in Baylor, Texas State. Missed on Ohio. Plus 18 versus Iowa State. Missed on the over 48 in Kansas State Tulane. And missed on UTSA plus 12 and a half. Seven and four a week brings your season total to 14, 15, and one. Like I said, you're just about there. You're just one spot behind 500. Chris, it's a good week, man. It was a good week, but I have to stop listening to Daniel. His negativity on the Cyclones <laughs> is rubbed off. <laughs> hey, they're favorite. They're home favorites this week. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah. uh, yeah, no, um, it was, it was a great week. You know, what can I say? The over-unders, uh, I told, I said for me, I don't like doing them because they're too easy. And I, I think I showed that. <laughs> so modest he is, uh, Daniel coming in second place last week with a five and six week hit on under 66 and a half in OU Nebraska hit on Baylor minus 29 and a half over Texas state hit on the under 54 and a half in Texas tech NC state hit on Kansas plus nine and a half over Houston hit on the under 39 in UTEP, New Mexico, you sicko uh, missed on under 50 and a half in Cincinnati, Miami missed on the under 48 in Iowa state, Ohio missed on Kansas state at minus 14 against Tulane missed on BYU plus four missed on the under 16 and a half in Texas, UTSA and missed on FAU, plus nine for a five and six week, which brings you total to 15, 14 and one Daniel, not, not bad. You had a couple of close ones there that had just, bad, just bad got beat. away from you. Bad beat on that uh, Texas under there. Well, I mean, what we had under mm-hmm. 60 and a half, they ended up with 61 and there was a late touchdown by Texas too. If I remember right, the other one that was mm-hmm. a really bad beat. If you go look at the box score, you and I were on that under on the Iowa state game. And it's like, dude, Ohio, I, I, Iowa State had what, like three drives under 30 yards, and I think two were under 20 yards. Is that correct? It was something yeah. like that. It was, and it's like, I mean, you you give the better team that situation with an under 48, and it's like, dude, just cross your fingers, and you know, like this probably ain't working out for you. So, uh, yeah, okay, week, but you know, on to the next. Uh, I was the big loser. I went three and eight. It was not good, not good at all. Uh, hit on under 48 and a half in Kansas State Tulane. That one was never a question. Hit on the over 57 in Kansas Houston. Hit on the under 63 in UCF FAU. Missed on Nebraska plus 11 and a half. Missed on over 53 in Baylor, Texas State. That one was oh so close. Missed on Texas Tech plus 10. Missed on Cincinnati minus 22. Missed on the under 48 in Iowa State, Ohio. Missed on BYU plus 4. Missed on UTSA plus 12 and a half. I quit taking all these dogs and missed on the under 40 and a half in Cal Notre Dame. That one, I don't know how that many points were scored, but they were, uh, that was another one of those ones. You're like, what, why, what is, uh, Notre Dame with like 14 fourth quarter points to put that one over. Very frustrating. That brings my total to 12, 17 and one. Like I said, two bad weeks in a row. I'm way in the back. I wish I could drown my sorrows in the beer that I am owed. Alas, I have not been able to just yet. Uh, <laughs> just going to take those easy jabs there. Just going to take them. Uh, we've got a plenty of games to pick a whole load, a ton of conference games, of course, games for our future conference members. And those are all coming up in just a minute. Hail West Virginia. Brand new for the 2022 season. It's the RVK. We're coming at you two ways on two days. It's Monday and Thursday. Jeremy, J.N. Fiend Phoenix, and me, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You get pop culture Monday at 7 a.m. You get the West Virginia University podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So, like we like to tell you, get at your boys. All right. Boys, you guys ready to do this? I'm ready. Yeah. I've uh, spent three seconds looking at it and think I'm set. 
I think that's about that might be a record for preparation for you this season, and yet you're doing pretty well. So I don't think it's I don't think it's it's working. Just stick with it. No reason to look ahead of time. Oh, don't want to overthink it. Uh, we do this in chronological order every week. Uh, first up is is whoever won week one. We will start with one of the final non-conference games of the season, a Thursday night game. That would be tonight if you're listening to this the day the episode goes up. West Virginia on the road at Virginia Tech. Line is about one Virginia Tech minus one and a half over under in this game at about 50 and a half. Chris, you're up first, my friend. What would you like? I don't like being first in this game. This is a line where I think it's probably right. I don't feel great about it. Mm. Over under. It's also so low. I would like to go under, but that's so low. 50 and a half. I'm sure this is very entertaining listening. Um, I'm just kind of running through it in my head. I mean, West Virginia, they, they put up points last week, but it was against, you know, nobody. Uh, lost to Kansas, lost to Pitt. This team doesn't look good. Yet somehow they're favored in this game. I guess the team that already has two wins on the season and not incredibly impressive wins, but still wins a team that knows how to win and a team that knows how to win at home. I'm going to take, oh, I don't like doing this. I am so sorry, Mountaineer fans. I'm so sorry. I'm going to take Virginia. Deck. I can get you a two- Plus two and a half from Circa. Uh, give you a little more wiggle room there if you would like to yeah. have that. Okay. So Chris taking Virginia Tech plus two and a half. Daniel, what you want? This is what's just called a cold under straight up. We're taking this under 50 and a half. We're going to have about 10, 11 mile an hour winds. But more importantly, this under has gotten hit pretty much at every single sports book uh, that you can dial up. Got hit at Play MGM, got hit at Circa, it got hit at FanDuel, got hit at Bovada. It was up to open at 51. I think someone had faked it to 53, and it's just been getting hit down the whole time. And you got more tickets kind of coming in on the over. This game's going under all the way. The score right now, they've set it up. Books are saying this will be 27-24, but I'd be really surprised if if either team got into the high 20s and if Virginia Tech was messing around in the mid twenties, that'd be weird to me. So I don't know who wins this thing, but this feels like someone's going to win it. 23, 17, 23, 20, something like that. I like it. All right. Under 50 and a half for Daniel. Uh, I'm taking West Virginia. I've thought about this one quite a bit this week and I understand the concerns about West Virginia, but I look at it and say, you lost an overtime game to Kansas. Uh, You lost a close game to Pitt, where the ball literally just did not bounce your way. Uh, I don't trust West Virginia's offensive line, despite what some West Virginia fans on Twitter want to argue with me about. But I do trust West Virginia's offense. I mean, a lot more than I trust their defense. Meanwhile, Virginia Tech's defense, I know they haven't played anybody, but their defense looks pretty good, at least statistically. Their defense looks to be playing well. If we go to our old friend CFB-Graphs from Parker Fleming, our good friend Stats of War, and then look at how Virginia Tech's defense stacks up as far as EPA, it is e- their EPA is ranked eighth 
on defense overall. Eight per game. Eight per play. Eighth versus the pass. Now, they are 67th versus the rush. And I think West Virginia's got a decent run game. Here's the point. The strength of Virginia Tech is their defense. Their offense is awful, and their quarterback turns the ball over a lot. West Virginia's strength is their offense. Their defense is a weakness. But I'm pretty sure that defense is good enough to grab a couple of picks off of Virginia Tech's quarterback, whose name completely has escaped me. And I want to say Hendon Hooker, and it's not Hendon Hooker, but it's a kid who used to be at Marshall. Wells. I can't remember his name. Yes. Wells, thank you. Uh, I take West Virginia one and a half. I do not like Virginia Tech. They are not good. That offense is awful. I think West Virginia goes on the road and wins this one. I also think West Virginia needs to go on the road and win this one. I am not going to let their record dissuade me from believing that West Virginia is a better team than Virginia Tech. So I will take West Virginia minus one and a half. I don't think I could get it any better than that. Nope. So that's what we will do. Yeah, I think that's probably a better pick than mine. Uh, I know you're going against me. <laughs> After thinking about it, I that's a those are yeah. Dude, that's I mean, some fat. That's some fast regret on a pick. <laughs> it is because I I, 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 hey, I'll, I admit it. I admit it, that I'm probably going to lose that pick. I look at that number seventeen, lost to Pitt, uh, lost to Kansas, who is clearly a a Good. decent team now. Yeah, competent. I mean, if not, if yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. We're, we're still pretty early in the season, but that, dare I say it, they're looking like a bowl team. Uh, the, the, yeah, they look pretty good. And yeah, Virginia Tech has not played anybody. I do, I do, I think you're on the right side of it. Those losses are quality. Now I just feel dirty. Right. Quality, the quality <laughs> loss play, argument. Ain't played nobody. I got a lot of that uh, on Twitter this the, week the too. Quality like... loss, yeah. All right, uh, moving on down the list while Chris tries to, you know, shake off the disgust that he's currently feeling. Conference games. We've got the, we've got what I like to call the battle for the tent trophy. If you understand that reference, you'll understand why Baylor-Iowa State is a, maybe not a great rivalry, but certainly a petty one. Iowa State at home, a two-and-a-half point favor over the Baylor Bears. The over-under on this one is about 45-and-a-half. You thought 50 was low. Woohoo! Uh, Daniel, you are up first, sir. What would you like? This is a fascinating line. This thing opened minus two uh, for Baylor and bet almost instantly. I mean, I'm talking within 10 minutes of Circa opening this thing. Uh, some groups or somebody had flipped the line to minus one. Uh, and some sharp guys have just followed all week. This thing's out to two and a half. 71% of the bets, though, are on Baylor. So everyone's lining up to take Baylor as the dog in this spot because they can't believe it. And the line just keeps moving out for Iowa State. It touched three really briefly. That got eaten up. You know, Baylor plus three, people bet that as quick as they could. Books moved past or back to two and a half. I love setups like this. I'm going to go with Iowa State. Something just smells fishy here. Everyone is betting Baylor and they keep giving Baylor the points and they don't move that line off the two and a half. I'm going to take Iowa State this week. I know uh, some people think that, uh, that I don't think highly of them. It's not the case at all. It's a week-by-week week thing. Something smells fishy with this line. Iowa State's going to win this game by three or more. Daniel, I am with you. We agree here. Um, here's the deal. And I know this doesn't matter, 
It doesn't have anything to do with this, but it's the reality. Iowa State has not lost a home Big 12 game since October 26th of 2019. They play very well at home. Iowa State is favored here, but they still have the underdog card versus a Baylor team who was picked number one in the preseason poll in the Big 12. I would love the under on this. The under for Baylor and Iowa State this year is a combined two and four, but at 45 and a half, this isn't Iowa, it's Iowa State. Um, I think Iowa State's defense, I know they played Iowa, so it makes it look pretty good. Iowa State's defense has been good. Um, I think I'm having a hard time gauging this Iowa State team based off of years past, but I I like Iowa State in the spot. I like them 3-0. and I like them as a mental dog, not a, not a number dog, but a mental one. I'm going to take the Cyclones at home to pull off the win over Baylor and get a little bit of revenge from last year. Remind you that Iowa State was the team favored to make the Big 12 title game. Baylor's preseason picked eight. They go down. Iowa State goes down to Waco. A couple of early picks from Purdy, and, and Baylor was able to pull out that one. I, I think Iowa State gets the revenge at home and uh, and takes the tent, the tent trophy uh, back or keeps it in Ames with them. Uh, Chris. Yeah, I like both of those uh, picks. Even, I mean, if Daniel's taking Iowa State, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) clearly it's just undeniable at that point. Uh, No, I mean, like, I just, I don't believe in Baylor right now. Um, They're not the team I expected to see at this point in the season. And Iowa State, the last couple of weeks, I've I've doubted them. And uh, I have paid for that because I listened to Daniel. And because they played Iowa, and I said that until they beat Iowa, I was never going to take them to in that game again. But they did. They got it. And now I have a decision. And I think that decision is better left. I'm going to hold off on taking one of those teams right now until I see more. And that over-under is suspiciously low. And I don't know what to do about that. I don't think it's possible for these teams to hit the under. I also like that this is at Iowa State. I'm going to take the over. I I think they get at least 48, if not into the 50s. And I'm going to take, yeah, I'm going to take the over on this one. Did the research earlier this week and don't remember what it was, but history uh, between Matt Campbell and Dave Aranda is on your side on that one. That is only a two-year history, but. History, nonetheless, I like it. All right, and correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, go ahead first. Yeah, one of the things that that led me to that is one of the ugliest games I've seen this season. BYU, Baylor, was still a 46 point game. Yeah. Hey, look. I mean, was it two years ago? Uh, Was it these two guys, Baylor, Iowa State, sort of late in the year, and they had a similar over under? It was like 47, and the game ended up like in the high 60s or low 70s or something like that. Was that these two guys? Last year's total was 60 points exactly, but the year before that in 2020 was 69 points. Nice. Uh, so again, when it's Aranda and Campbell thus far, the over is the right play here. So yeah, they, two years ago they played the game so loose, and I remember I had money on the under, and it just was like this thing has no chance. And you're welcome to to both of you for avoiding the sweep there. You're welcome. Right, thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate, appreciate it. All right. Game of the week time, boys and girls. Game of the week presented by Prize Picks. Uh, we are doing Kansas versus Duke because, of course, we are doing Kansas versus Duke. The game that game day should have gone to, but of course they didn't because they're not going to do that kind of thing. They're going to go to Tennessee, Florida, which is absolute garbage. 
but whatever. We haven't been to Tennessee in a long time. It's because Tennessee's garbage. That's why. It's garbage. It's garbage football team. Actually, that they're not terrible, but I don't really care. They should have gone to this game. Kansas, undefeated, 3-0. Hosting Duke, undefeated, 3-0. Two 3-0 teams. This is not basketball season, folks. It is shocking, but man, oh There's going to be a sold-out stadium confused it. as to why they're outside. It's, it's great. <laughs> That's good. That's funny. Uh, okay, this game. Kansas, currently a favorite. Hold on, I lost my tab. There it is. Seven and a half point favorite over the Duke Blue Devils. Over under at 66 and a half. This is my go first. Vegas has wised up and is no longer giving anyone easy money by making Kansas like a more than touchdown dog anymore. Now, if you want Kansas, you got to buy them. You got to pay for them with a hook. Look, uh, this is easily the best defense that Kansas has faced this season. Hands down. Duke is a good defensive team. Now, I know they haven't really played anybody. We're going to play that card. But compared to Houston's defense, which has been really disappointing, West Virginia's defense, which is not good, and Tennessee Tech, Duke is the best defense that Kansas has played this year. And I've got the numbers to back it up. Going off of EPA overall per game, Duke's defense is ranked 17th. Fifth against the rush, 70th against the pass, but they are good against the run game. I would tell you West Virginia currently defensively EPA per game, 109th. Well, Houston, 62nd. Duke is the best defense they have played. So I think Kansas wins this game. I think they get to 4-0. I absolutely do. Um I would hope that they spot Duke 14 points to start the game because that seems to be the magic for them because that's what they've done the last two weeks and then just ripped off a bunch of points. I oh, I am I am really close here. Despite how much the overs have hit for Kansas this season and been good picks, I'm really tempted to take the under because I like Duke's defense. But I'm just going to do this. Tell your kids about competent Kansas, folks, because they're a real thing. They're legit, and they're going to get to 4-0 this week, and they're going to be two games away from going bowling, and I think they just might be able to pull it off. I don't love the hook, but I'm going to take it anyways. I'm going to take Kansas minus 7.5. I think that Duke's defense is for real. I think that Duke's offense is fine. Kansas's defense isn't great, but it plays very opportunistic. And I think that will be enough for Kansas to get a nice, comfortable win at home in front of a sold-out crowd in Lawrence. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, to get the pick out of the way, I'm all aboard the Kansas train right now. Let's do it. Until the wheels fall off, which, you know, might be a couple of weeks, but we don't know. I'm on the, I'm on it right now. So I'm taking Kansas to cover. I probably will until that fails just because that's what I want. However, the more analytical side, Philip, to what you're saying about these defensive stats and these offensive stats, they have played two meaningful games. So is yeah. Houston's EP, defense... The EPA, is, stats, it, the EPA it, stats do not include FCS games. So I'll just tell you that. Sure. So is Houston have a terrible defense right now because they played Kansas or because they have a terrible defense? Conversely, does Duke have a great defense because they played Northwestern in Temple? Or do they have a good defense? I'm taking the Jayhawks, and we'll find out. I'm just throwing stats your way, man. That's that's the best I can do. 
Daniel, what you want, man? Well documented how much I've loved the Jayhawks on this podcast. But this week, I'm not going to be betting them. I am taking Duke in this spot. Um, Almost 70% of the bets are on Kansas. This open date got out to nine for a second. It got hit a bunch. Now the line's going down to seven and a half. If this thing goes down to seven flat by Saturday, we might actually be looking at a Duke win. But I do feel like Kansas pulls this off. High scoring, fast paced, back and forth affair, 38-35, something like that. Duke is going to cover this game. Uh, Kansas, the hype here now, I mean, look, betters have had the benefit of taking Kansas as, you know, a medium to large dog the last few weeks. And it's paid off. It's cash. Now we're asking them to do something different. We're asking them to go out with their defense, too, to, like, make sure no one covers the back door. So that kind of means, like, Kansas better be up by, like, 10 or 13 at the end of this thing and have a defense that's going to keep Duke out of the end zone. I don't know if I see that happening. One little side note, and I love this. I I bet it last week. Kansas-Houston. Bookmakers were dead asleep when they made the second half line. Kansas's second half total was 10 points. I could not believe it. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I was uh, at second half. I was at like six or seven different books. Now look, second half bets. You can't bet that much. You can bet like, you know, 200 bucks or 300 bucks, but you know, just relative to what relative to other bets you can make is all I mean by that. You know, if a, you know, um, so, you know, two or 300 bucks is all these books can take, but I'm at like six, seven, eight different sports books betting Kansas second half over 10 points anywhere that I possibly can. And the thing cashes with like six minutes left in the third quarter. It was so great. It was like, are these guys watching this game? Like Houston is doing nothing to this Kansas team. Like this is awesome. Anyway, little side note, Duke seven and a half. Give it Ta- to me. Talking about that, uh, um, getting down to seven. Caesars has it at seven. Um, Caesars is an okay book. Just too much of the market right now is hanging that seven and a half. Uh, there are, you know, some offshores are like, you know, it's an expensive seven, seven and a half on Duke, which tells me it's going to seven. But you always got to wonder, okay, if everyone's betting Kansas and the book keeps making the line shorter on Duke, you know, what's – What's going on here? And, I, and I'm not saying that mm-hmm. that's a way to go cap games and to bet sides and stuff, but, but you know, there's, there's a hundred pieces to a puzzle and that's a few of the pieces, right? Like, okay, what's happening here? Who's betting Duke to make the line do that, even though everyone's talking Kansas and everyone's betting Kansas. Duke seven and a half. I give it to you. Of course, this is our game of the week presented by prize picks. The best easy way to play player props in the U.S. Easy daily fantasy. All you have to do is sign up, use the promo code NETWORK12, and when you do, you get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That means if you deposit a dollar, they give you a dollar. If you deposit $50, they give you $50. If you deposit $100, they give you $100. You can use that to play over, under, and projections in a ton of sports from college football, NFL, NBA, college basketball, MLB, MMA is a ton of fun. App is easy to use. Injuries can be made in 60 seconds. It's no problem. Our prize pick pick for this week is Jalen Daniels. Passing yards over under 180 and a half yards against Duke. Jalen Daniels this season will have hit that over twice so far. 
against Tennessee Tech and Houston, not or against West Virginia, not against Houston. Uh, so far through our, our prize picks, picks boys, uh, Daniel is a perfect three and zero. Chris and I are both two and one. Chris, Jalen Daniels, one hundred eighty and a half passing yards. You want the over or the under? I'm going to go under just because this is probably a better defense than than they have faced yet. And he has only had, he's only beaten that once. Right. So twice, twice. Uh, well, one was, you know, little sisters. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go under on this one. Okay. They get it done with their, with their backs. And yeah. Daniel. 180 seems low. Give me the under. Oh, Oh, that's confusing. It's low and you want the under? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Like, like okay. That, seems, that seems fishy low. Give me the under. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, man, we're all in agreement here because here's the one thing that I would note on Jalen Daniels. Um, his rushing yards each week, 29, 85, 123. That's game one to two to three. Now, again, Duke's rushing defense proves to be, has, has proven thus far to be better than their passing defense, but I think he's going to get as much get more done with his legs against Duke, and he won't throw for quite as much. I think we see a similar performance to West Virginia, though uh, a lower number for both of these, though I think Kansas gets the win. So we're all on the under here. Of course, prize picks. Don't forget promo code NETWORK12. You When you download the app, when you sign up, and when you make that first deposit, you get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Go check out Prize Picks. I have the app. It is a ton of fun. I love it. Over-unders are... I like this stuff. Look, you can play like Shapin, Hunter Deckers, Passing Yards. Uh, maybe you want uh, maybe you want Brennan Armstrong because you are a West or a Virginia fan. Uh, they got JT Daniels. They got Rushing Yards. You can do JT Daniels Rushing Yards minus one and a half over-under. That's just mean, but it's funny. So go check out Prize Picks and uh, play some daily fantasy. Have some fun. It's good stuff. I'm Sam, and I co-host the Scott Holm podcast, the known universe's first Houston Cougar sports podcast. Every week, even during the offseason, my co-host Dustin and I come on and talk everything current as it relates to the Cougs, and every so often, we'll bring on UH luminaries like Carl Lewis, Kellen Sampson, and a number of other fantastic Cougar voices, and as proud members of the 1012 Network, we also find the time to talk about our future conference and future opponents in the Big 12 as well. If all of that sounds even a little bit interesting to you, we would love it if you subscribe to the Scott Holm Podcast on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else you put podcasts in your ears. That's podcast spelled P-A-W-D cast because the two of us hosting the show are nothing if not big dork so thank you and go Cougs all right we got a non-conference rivalry game here boys and girls we got the iron skillet in a absolute must-win game for Sunny Dykes and TCU Horn Frogs two and a half point favorite right now at SMU, this game opened as a pick over under at about uh, around 71. I, I see a little variance across the board, but the line's pretty much two for TCU. Uh, Chris, you are up, sir. What would you like here? I really want to take TCU because I want to take the Big 12. And, uh, and I like TCU. But man, SMU seems like maybe they might be the better team going into this a little bit at home. It is a rivalry game. Oh, plus two. 
I, I, I like SMU to get the win. Getting a couple points, I mean, it's not going to really change anything, but sure. But then I look at the over-under. That is 70 and a half. Is that right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of points. Man. I'm going to go with the under. In the rivalry game, anything can happen, but I'm going to go with the under. Then cross my fingers. All right. And uh, I can get you 71. I got a couple 71s. I see, so I can get you under 71. Nice. Give you a little, little more wiggle room. Right. Daniel, what do you want, sir? This is a little revenge game, right? For Sonny Dykes? He's going to walk in here with a little chip on his shoulder, I think. I don't know. It's tough. TCU hasn't played anyone, man. Straight up. No. I mean, they, they have. So it's like, dude, you know, what do you got? I don't know. Tarleton and Colorado. It's like basically like playing Tarleton twice. I don't even know if I'm saying the school right. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> SMU, SMU, uh, they had a bad game last week against Maryland. Should They should have won the game. I'm going to lean, I'm leaning TCU on this. My spread's a little bit bigger. I got TCU closer to three. A sharp group took TCU when it was at a pick. And then, even though Sonny Dykes, whatever, he doesn't move the needle from for me. We're gonna. I'm gonna go with that narrative. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's going in, into this game to to show his ex girlfriend his hot new girlfriend. There it is. <laughs> TCU, give it to me. I like it. Well, you know, the uh, funny thing is, SMU has won the last three meetings in a row. Well, no, I guess the last two because they didn't play in 2020. So they won the last two in 2019 and 21. Uh, that would be with Sonny Dykes as the head coach at coach at SMU. In fact, every I think there's a, I think there's over under a set this high because SMU put up so many points in their first two weeks. They played North Texas, put up 48, 45 against Lamar, just 27 against Maryland, but they played poorly. TCU, 30 something points against Colorado, who let's be honest. I, let me make this very clear. Colorado is not just the worst power five team this year. They're one of the worst power five teams ever. They're so bad. They are awful. I'm really curious. Is Co- no, because Colorado schedules awful for themselves for being terrible all the time. And they don't give themselves anything like a nice uh, FCS game on their schedule to give them a what you would hope would be a win. But this year, if there was an option for an, S- an FCS upset over a power five team, I would absolutely pick that to be whatever FCS team Colorado put on the schedule. And I don't care what FCS team they scheduled. I would just go ahead and pick the FCS team blind. Just take them because Colorado is awful. They are terrible. Air Force beat them 41 to 10. 41 to 10. TCU put 38 on them. TCU's first game, new coaching staff, Friday night game on the road. Man, rivalry games are funny. They are. Chris, I'm with you. I am. That I I, I want to say like they're just going to score like crazy. They are. They're going to go score like crazy. Uh, I think SMU might be the right side here because I think SMU is going to rebound from that poor performance last week. No, they have an opportunity against the guy who scorned them and went off just a few miles down the road. I think SMU might be the right side here, but I don't feel confident either way. I do feel good that 71 points is too many. Like I, I 
Maybe they both go off for 30-something. But I think under is the right side. So, Chris, you and I are in agreement here. All right. Let's do it. Uh, Back to Big 12 on Big 12 action. Texas facing off against Texas Tech. Texas currently a six and a half point favorite over the Red Raiders on the road in Lubbock. If I'm looking at everything correctly, which I think I am, uh, over under on this game, 60, an even 60. Daniel, what you want, man? This is tough. Texas Tech didn't play that poorly against NC State last week, even though they didn't cover. Uh, that box score is not indicative of all of that final score. What I can't remember, 23-10 or something like that. I can't remember what it was. but um, And you look at the role Texas has been on. They covered last week against UTSA. Uh, they won by 21. They played so great against Bama. And so you look at this line of six and a half and like, that feels short, right? It feels like, oh, Texas should cover this. Um, I haven't even looked, I haven't bet any real money on this game. I don't know if this is like a look ahead game or anything like that for Texas or who they got on tap next week. This line is so weird. I'm going to take Texas Tech. My, 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 my power ranking, you know, my numbers that I make, I have Texas like closer to nine and a half or 10 on this. And I'm not smarter than the market in it when, when there's a number that far off, you know, like this. So I know I'm not right there. Six and a half is right, but like that just screams free money, Texas. And I don't think these sports books are into the business of giving out free money. So Texas Tech, six and a half. Definitely not a look ahead game. They have a home game against West Virginia this or next week. Yeah. So. Wow. Then that's that, that makes the line even like trickier to me. I love it. Six and a half, Texas Tech all day. Here, here's the thing. The Texas, how they beat UTSA was a little bit suspect. You got to pick six in that game. That helped. Uh, and Bijan just went off because Bijan was the best player on the field and is going to be the best player on the field for most games, right? Man, this total open at 67 and a half has been bet all the way down to 60. I wish it was still 67 and a half because I would absolutely be on the under because I think Texas Tech's defense played very well against NC State last week and turnovers killed Texas Tech. Uh, the score, the game was not as close as the score might indicate, but Texas Tech didn't play terrible. It's just they turned the ball over a lot. Uh, Bijan will be the best player on the field this week too. Uh, don't know who's going to start at quarterback. Probably a, a banged up Hudson card still who has not been awesome. I know this total has been bet down six, seven and a half points already. Um, and 60 is kind of like a... Uh, but I've got two teams whose defenses I think are playing really well. Two quarterbacks I don't... like. I love Donovan Smith, but he is not playing well. And I, I assume he will be starting. Maybe it's Baron Morton. Maybe Shuck's back, but I don't think he is. Um, I, I My fear is defensive scores push this game over, honest to goodness, or Bijan just goes off again. But I'm taking the under 60. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Um, it's why I don't like the line because I could see Texas winning in a closer score. That's a score that is closer than the game maybe indicates kind of like the Texas tech NC state game last week, but I'm going to take the under 60. I know they've already bet it way down, but I think it's a lower scoring affair this weekend. Chris. Yeah. I mean, your initial look at this line minus six and a half to what Daniel's saying, and you think it's a typo, like that's absurdly low Texas tech has not looked 
great. They lost to a Houston team that hasn't looked very good. They lost nope. to no. Nope. Oh, I'm sorry. They won that game in overtime, but they needed overtime. That, that's correct. That's correct. Yes. Sorry, my bad. Correct. They, but my point still stands that they didn't look great in that game. And I just Texas has looked very good. You know, they took Alabama to within a point. Then you thought that there was the chance to have the letdown. And, and that's kind of what I went with. Uh, that's what I was expecting. And it kind of started out that way. But then next thing you know, Texas has full control of the game. And it's done. I think that the only reason that line is as low as it is, is rivalry game. And probably a little more rivalry game on Texas Tech side. Which, you know, we were talking about Bedlam. We're talking about this is another one. Texas Tech wants to win these games while that while they have a chance. The problem is, I think Texas is just too good this year. And the other issue why this line is low is probably the Longhorns quarterback play. Who's going to be taking snaps? Are they banged up? You know, I just don't think it's going to matter. Like you're talking, Bijan. It's just not going to matter. Texas is going to bully the Red Raiders in this game. On the personal side, I want to see Texas Tech fans show out. I want to see this game get a little bit rowdy, and I want to see Texas Tech punch Texas in the mouth. But putting money on it, I think the Longhorns get this done. And I'm going to take I'm going to take Texas to cover in this one. This is a red out game. I expect the tortillas to be a flying in this one. Absolutely. Uh, all right, we got to run out of our future. Big 12 members to talk to in a non-conference affair. Central Florida hosting Georgia Tech. I mean, they're not Colorado bad, but they're not too far off. Another school that will probably have a head coaching opening this offseason. Central Florida, a, I'm sorry, UCF. They don't like Central Florida, although the website lists them as such. 20, 20 and a half point favorite over under around 56 and a half. Uh, I believe it is me. Uh, here's the question. Georgia Tech's bad. Uh, Central Florida's defense, pretty good. Uh, was the second half against whichever Florida school they played last week when Central Florida's UCS offense finally got going, was that a fluke? Was it they figured things out? I don't know. I, I really don't know in that game. It's why I felt good about the where my pick was. I, again, Georgia Tech's bad. And you start to wonder... When does the quit factor come in for Georgia Tech when they're just getting mollywopped week in and week out? It might still be a little bit early for quit factor, but not if they're down big at halftime in this game for a head coach that's probably not going to be there for too much longer. I don't love taking a team by this many points, and I know Central Florida, I'm just going to call them that, whatever. Disappointed against Louisville. I'm really disappointed against Louisville. A Louisville team is playing USF this week, and if USF wins, the USCF will never hear the end of it. I will ride with Central Florida. I don't like it, but I will because I don't feel good enough about the line and I don't like Georgia Tech. So I'll take Central Florida. I think I can get a minus 20. Um, I, I will take them to win by three touchdowns over a, I don't know how many times I can say this, bad, bad Georgia Tech team. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. I mean, this being at home for UCF, as long as you get that half point, um, I think I think three touchdowns is doable. I'm going to take the Knights. Daniel? 
Yeah, Georgia Tech does sort of have the feeling of a team that's, you know, given up or, or the coaches maybe lost the locker room a little bit. Um, this thing opened at 58. It's still above that key number of 56. And this has the feeling, the way the line has moved from 16 out to 20 and the total has dropped, this has the feeling of one of those like favorite to the under spots where, uh, you know, Central Florida is going to enjoy playing a team that's totally given up. And so, you know, they're going to win the game 42-10 or something like that, 38-14. Just some blowout where, you know, 17 points total in the second half because Georgia Tech doesn't even show up and they don't even want to come out for the second half. So uh, there's some 56 and a halves. I'd love to take them. Give me that under. 56 and a half. Very good. Love it. Uh, another future member playing a non-conference game, Cincinnati. Speaking of uh, future Big 12 teams playing uh, bad opponents, Cincinnati, a 16-point favorite. Hold on, I have the notes, but i got to find it in here. Where'd they go? Don't don't besmirch Indiana and say they're a bad opponent. Uh, I'm sorry. I know. They are they are the favorite school of our good friends at Homefields, who we'll talk about in a minute. Sorry, 16-and-a-half. Cincinnati, 16-and-a-half-point favorite over the Hoosiers, over-under at 57. Chris, sir, you're up. Where would you like to go? I'm I'm looking at the sixteen and a half. I'm looking at the over under fifty seven, and I like. Oof. I mean, I like. I mean, Indiana. I mean, Cincinnati is going to win, but Indiana. I I like him to get some points in this. I think this could get pushed up over that fifty seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over. Because I don't feel great about Cincinnati covering the 16 and a half. I mean, that's essentially, I mean, two touchdowns and a field goal, at least three scores. Um, I'm, I'm going to take that over 57. Okay. Daniel? Indiana is maybe the worst 3 0 team in the country. Squeaked by Illinois. <laughs> Came from behind to beat Idaho, and they didn't cover. Uh, had to go to overtime to beat Western Kentucky as seven-point favorites last week. Western Kentucky had that game. I was pissed. I had them on the money line. So here we are. Indiana's 3-0. and They're at Cincinnati. Look, Cincinnati, people are, are, are sort of feeling them right now, but they lost to Arkansas. And then they had games against Kennesaw and Miami, Ohio. Like, And that Miami, Ohio game was, if we, if you know, if you followed it, that game was sort of close. It was first, you know, a quarter and a half, two quarters. Right, that there wasn't like some some runaway thing for Cincinnati. So, I think Indiana stays within this number. I don't want to say that this is actually going to be a good competitive game because that's all that makes sense here. You look at it, you're like, oh, Indiana can't do anything. They're the worst three zero team ever. Cincinnati's going to blow them out. Well, because I think that it's like, okay, this is going to be a close game. Indiana's going to cover. Indiana's going to hang. Cincinnati isn't all that great. Give me that sixteen and a half points. Yeah, Indiana backdoor cover uh, to to lose by only two touchdowns as opposed to the three that they were trailing by. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, that said, the over for Cincinnati this year is three and zero. The over for Indiana this year is two and one. That is a five and one combined over. Dan, Chris, or I'm with you on the over fifty seven in this one. I I I do wonder about an Indiana uh, backdoor cover take a blowout game and make it look closer than it actually was kind of situation here on the end um so i, I will take the over 57 um, i think that's the right state here uh look i hate to besmirch indiana because again they are 
the beloved school of our good friends at Homefield Apparel, uh, long, long-standing sponsors here of the 1012 Podcast and of the 1012 Network. And we love them dearly, and so I hate to besmirch the good name of the Hoosiers. Um, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, what also is what it is, is just how incredibly comfortable and awesome the vintage logos are at Homefield Apparel. How comfortable those t-shirts, sweaters, and hoodies are. I am wearing one of my, I'm wearing my uh, my cursive frog shirt right now while we record this because I have a couple of TCU shirts. They're quite good because Homefield has every Big 12 school current and future. Look, here's what I'm gonna tell you. Uh, promo code Network 12 is gonna get you 15% off your first order because you're gonna want it because you're not gonna want to buy one thing. You're gonna want to buy multiple. And if you're someone who like me who likes to have shirts from a bunch of different schools because I just like the logos and think they're cool and like to wear them around town, even though no one in this town knows what Homefield Apparel is, I don't care. I love doing it. I absolutely love doing it. So if you're a first time shopper and you want to go buy a bunch of different stuff and just shop around, use promo code Network12. If you are a repeat shopper, you've used your first time promo code. You've done that already at Homefield, and you're a Big 12 fan. Here's what I'm gonna say to you. We got something coming down the line. You're going to find out about it on Sunday. This is my little tease for it. We have a really cool opportunity with Homefield. Like I said, longest standing sponsor here on the show and of the network. We've been really good friends with them for quite some time. Connor and Whitney do a great job. They're giving us a really cool opportunity next week um, to, to offer something to current Big 12 fans uh, who have already made their first purchase and used that promo code for Homefield. So keep an eye on Sunday. On our Twitter feed, at 1012network. On our Instagram, at 1012pod. Check out, it's going to be available for every show on the network. So no matter who you follow on Twitter or Instagram, keep an eye on it. You'll find out all the details there. You'll find out all the details on Monday. But if you have bought from Homefield before, and say, you know, I would like another Big 12 shirt or two. We got something coming out. I am I am thrilled about this. I'd love to tell you all about it, but I'm going to wait till Sunday once the once it kicks in. So if you're a first-time buyer, Network 12, 15% off your first order of everything at Homefield Apparel. If you've bought before, you've used that promo code, you've used any promo code on your first purchase, keep an eye on Sunday. We got something big coming down the line. I'm very excited. Either way, you know you want to be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel there is possible for the rest of this college football season, the college basketball season coming up, college soccer season, and every single college sport that there is. Are you a parent listening to this podcast with a child at home, either in middle school or high school, but already thinking about college planning, scholarships, or dreaming of them playing sports in college? Do you know a high school or middle school athlete who wants to go and play in college? Whether it's D1, D2, D3, or just they're not even sure they just want to keep playing during college. Well, let us introduce you to one of our friends of the podcast and a company who is an expert in the world of college recruiting, Recruit Route. Led by our friend Brian Bedford, a 25-year veteran of recruiting and former D1 recruiting director, Recruit Route offers a full suite of offerings to help student-athletes, parents, and high school coaches be better educated and empowered to successfully navigate the college recruiting process. Check out our friends at recruit-route.com. That's recruit-route.com. Don't forget, run your route in recruiting with Recruit Route. All right, next up, another future Big 12 member, Houston versus Rice. Houston, looking to bounce back from back-to-back disappointing losses. They are currently a 17.5-point favorite over Rice, over-under at 51.5. Daniel, you are up first. Uh, What would you like here, sir? 
This is no brainer. Rice, 17 and a half. Opened at 20. Uh, bet down immediately down to 18, then 17 and a half. I've got real money down at 18 and 17 and a half. I'm even going to sprinkle the money line a little bit. Um, look, something's not right with Houston. Okay. It is what it is. Uh, well documented. I don't think that highly of Dana as a coach. Didn't love him in West Virginia. Really don't love him in Houston. Most talented wide receiver room, and he's just got it sitting on blocks. Barely beat UTSA. Lose to Texas Tech. Lose to Kansas. Like, what's the expectation here at this point? You have a Rice team that people are like, what, Rice? They got blown up by USC week one. They beat Louisiana last week as a 12-point dog straight up. They handled McNeese, blew them out by 40 points. And point being, they did what they're supposed to do you know, against that level school. So 17 and a half feels really, really generous here. These are two teams going in absolutely opposite directions. And right now I've got Dana Holgerson, like just front runner for like biggest letdown season going right now in college football. So give it to me 17 and a half points rice. You know, you, you think this should be a, hit, a get right game for Houston and it should like in-state kind of rivalry. Houston about to be on the way up. Rice hasn't really been great at football. Man, no, I, I kind of I kind of agree with you. Um, and then I think, I mean, betters look like they have two. It opened at Houston minus 20. It's been bet all the way down to 17 and a half. Houston should be the better team here. And at some point, you kind of wonder if they're going to be. I kind of hate this game because it feels like it just should be Rice. Like, it feels like you should take Rice. Um but man, oof, I just don't know. Um, I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little research as I uh, as I talk. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought it would be, and yeah, that's what I thought it would be. Uh, gonna stick with the trends. What's been trending this season for both teams? The over for Houston three and zero. The over for Rice three and zero. Houston likes to play overtime games, so we see some scores get run up. Houston seems like they're probably better than than we might think. 51.5, give me the over. I'm going to take the over 51.5 in this game. I think this one could get up there because I do think Houston should be able to put up some points on Rice, but I think Rice will be able to stay with them because Houston's defense has been really disappointing this year. Really had high expectations for Doug Belk and still do, but this defense has been disappointing and, as we have seen, suspect to giving up points. Uh, Chris. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with both of you guys on this. Um, from what we've seen, Houston looks susceptible, and, and Rice, you know, not even just an in state uh, rivalry, but an in city rivalry here. This, uh, I, I don't like Houston giving up this many points, but that under is suspiciously low. So low that I would almost take the under, but being that it's rivalry, being that both teams are putting up points, it's not slowing a lot of teams down. I think that gets covered pretty quickly. I'm going to take the over. We agree again, sir. We have agreed in the last three. Yeah. Oh my. I'm going to tell you right now, we are agreed with at least five of them this week so either we're both gonna be sitting pretty or we're both gonna it's gonna be a good week for daniel be real ugly. <laughs> it could be hey you know we don't know 
not a lot of competition. Some, some, you know, some lines where some of the others, they were, anyways. All right. Keep it moving. We got things to do. Oklahoma, 12 and a half point favorite as they open conference play against Kansas State over under at 53 in this game. I mean, look, I got to go first here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yup. It's me. Uh, mm. Oklahoma coming off a massive blowout over a terrible uh, Nebraska team who had fired their coach. Interim didn't do so great. Now he's fired the DC. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Kansas State with just the most shocking, disappointing loss to Tulane, who's looking pretty good, folks. Tulane looks pretty, pretty spicy. Uh, There's a legit contender to face off with Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, the AAC, and Tulane. Like I don't. I'm going to take him seriously for a little bit. Man. Tulane has provided the blueprint on how to beat Kansas State. If you make him keep everything inside and can limit Deuce Vaughn and force Adrian Martinez to beat you through the air. And I know that Kansas State came out this week and said, we need to take more shots downfield. And they have not. They have not been going downfield. And I don't think that Kansas State's third and fourth down performance, which was god-awful last week, is something that's going to happen to them again. That said, I folks, OU's... I I know Nebraska's bad. And I know this is one of those games where it's an absolute, like, every OU fan is scared of, like, great, Kansas State lost to Tulane. OU had a big win. Now they're going to come in and give us an absolute scare, if not beat us. This is not Lincoln Riley coached Oklahoma anymore not week four uh this is starting to become Brett Venables Oklahoma I'll take OU to cover I can get a 12 yeah do I see a 12 oh, yeah oh it's 12 a lot perfect I'll take OU minus 12 in this game Chris yeah I'm gonna have to see someone slow Oklahoma down now traditionally Kansas State's been the team to do that but that seems pretty low uh just two scores for this Oklahoma team does not seem all that difficult for them to cover. I'm looking at that over under real quick. Yeah, I still I'm going to take the Sooners. So yeah, yeah. This is, gonna, this is this is not good. Separation weekend. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> this is a really tough game to cap. I mean, yeah, we we have you know you've got a situation of sharps are betting Kansas State and. This line's getting short, and we saw what happened last week when the line got short. I mean, every every sharp and show and, and everyone gambling Twitter wanted to show off their Nebraska plus 16 tickets, Nebraska plus 14. Morning of the game, it's getting down to, like, Nebraska plus 10. What a joke. Just Oklahoma blew them out. Total losers, man. They did nothing on that field. So it's like – Okay, Lions getting bet down again. This time Oklahoma's at home, and it's a conference game. And we just saw Kansas State lose straight up to Tulane. Uh, it's like, what? What is happening here again? Like, this feels wrong. I feel like Chris betting whatever side he bet to feel dirty on the first pick. <laughs> well, that was more or less because I was arguing quality losses over win. Yeah, yeah. This, that whole playoff. Uh, this line, <laughs> this, look, this line makes no like. This is another one. There's a few of these this week. Yeah. Uh, sorry to get on a tangent. I actually have a light card 
because there's a lot of lines this week where I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. No, I mean, um, I, I I think you're and, right with the looking back at the Nebraska game. All everything was there to say Oklahoma walks away with that one, and we all bought into well, maybe Nebraska, you know, they're they got that weight off their shoulders and they're just magically going to play better, and it's a rivalry, and just because, and obviously. That was dumb as dude. Nebraska got pantsed and shoved in a locker on the first day of high school. Dude, that was so embarrassing. Yeah. This makes no sense at all. Kansas State. Kansas State to cover. Like this line makes no sense. Yeah. Oklahoma. Should, couple... Oklahoma should win by 24 or 20. As soon as I turn my, my on my own my own numbers. As soon as I turn on my own numbers have these guys. Game day. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, no. Man. As soon as I turn on game day on Saturday, I I I knew OU was going to cover that. That was that was bad, and I hated myself for that pick. Uh, Daniel, I, I see some thirteens. I'll take them. Great. Like I, I don't, I don't think they're going to cover the thirteen. But what thirteen? That's it. That means they're covering. Last Big Twelve game: BYU. The Cougars coming off their loss to Oregon, hosting Wyoming. BYU a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. My, oh, my. That is a lot of points. Uh, Over-under in this one, 50 against Wyoming. Chris, you were up, sir. I think that's right. That sounds right. Yeah, oh, 22. I mean, Wyoming. Wyoming is not good. Not terrible. I mean, they have a – they have a – you know, a couple of wins. BYU disappointed outing against Oregon, but I kind of, I believe I got that right. Kind of saw that coming. That I mean, they got the win against Baylor, but I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't believe in it. Man, over under fifty. I, I'm leaning towards the over under because. I would take BYU, but nothing about the way they've played so far says, you know, they're going to win this game by 22 points. But will there be 50 points in this game? Uh, Probably not. Oh, Daniel, what do I do here? Um, I'm going to... (laughs) You know, I'm at home. I'm going to, I, I know this is quality riveting podcasting going on right now. Uh, I am going to take BYU. Or, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to take the under and I'm going to lose that pick, but I'm going to take the under. <laughs> under 50. Okay. Uh, Daniel. Um, two things going on here. Uh, I, I have this line close for Wyoming 16, 16 and a half. Uh, I do like BYU as a squad, but that's just the number I've got. Also, too, I, I can't give away the whole recipe, but uh, when a when a ranked team gets blown out and then they're back home to have to cover another big spread, historically they, they do very poorly uh, against the spread. So Wyoming's got a little spot system going on. My my power ratings support Wyoming, and it's like. Look, Wyoming had that stinker game, game one. And I think everyone sort of said like, oh, okay, Wyoming's going to be, you know, uh, uh, that's right, Illinois. Illinois blew them out in week zero. Week zero, yeah. Yeah, everyone's like, okay, Wyoming is going to be the worst team in all of college football. Basically, it's like what everyone walked away from. And then they go out and they beat Tulsa. Uh, I can't remember who they beat after that, some 
uh, Northern Colorado. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, Northern Colorado. And then last week, they beat Air Force straight up as a 17-point dog. I mean, they just won the game. Uh, and they won it jumping out to a lead and playing defense. That's a big line for BYU to, to cover. Give me, give me the points, Wyoming. I'm not going to sprinkle money line. BYU's a little too disciplined to go lose this thing, but uh, Wyoming's going to be a little live here. Yeah, I mean, but BYU's not going to lose this at home, but no, 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 I, I don't think so either. I don't, I don't think they will either. But, but, dude, Wyoming won last week as a 17 point dog. They beat a very good Air Force team straight up. And Air Force is good, yeah. and like they yeah. played. I'm with you. I'm on Wyoming to cover. Uh, yeah, the Illinois game. Everybody wrote. Everybody wrote them off because Wyoming was bad. They they won a a shootout with Tulsa. So that we we saw that they were able to score points. I mean, Tulsa's defense is not great, but their offense is pretty good. They soundly beat a eh, FCS team. Air Force, like people were talking about Air Force, like this might be a one of the candidates for New Year Six at the end of the year. That's how people were talking about Air Force. And I watched that game, and I just like, yeah, okay. I, and Wyoming just flat out not anymore held Air Force's very impressive offense down to 14 points. I'm with you. Uh, look, Wyoming, obviously, their three wins have come at home, uh, and that is going all the way to Wyoming. That that does have an effect. This is a Provo. It's not at home. But 22 and a half, more than three touchdowns, feels like too many for a Wyoming team I think is better than people expect. And they, they played decent defense. So I'm with you. Wyoming covers the 22 and a half. All right. Time for our non big 12 games. We each can pick one game, whatever we want, not big 12 related from the weekend's card. Daniel, you are up first. Where would you like to go, sir? Oh man. I just had this in front of me. Give me five seconds, four, three. Uh, I'll just tell you, we are taking New Mexico state at home versus Hawaii. Um, look two two. We're going to just say like, you know, two bad teams. Okay. Um, this is going to be one of the few games New, Mex- New Mexico State can win. And like, God, it sounds so stupid to use the term like this will be sort of a New Mexico State Super Bowl, right? But <laughs> like, what? come on, that doesn't apply. But in a sense, it sort of is. There's something else really interesting going on here that totally has me scratching my head. Like 75% of the betters are backing Hawaii in this. Like, what this thing opened minus two. We're now out to minus four, minus four and a half, even some minus fives. Everyone's still taking Miami, and this line is inflating. Uh, Hawaii, they don't travel well. New Mexico State is not the ninth island. New Mexico State's going to cover this game. Double digit win. I like it. Okay. Uh, I had a principle I applied in week one, and it worked for me. Now, I got away from it for the last two weeks. Week two, because I really liked Oregon State over Fresno. Got it. Last week, because there was an FCS team involved, so it didn't apply. Well, we're back on it this week. Temple is not especially good. They're not a a good football team. Uh, But they are a better football team than UMass. So while Temple, at home, is a nine-point favorite over UMass, I do not care. The principle stands. I will take... Uh, I will take Temple minus nine versus UMass and just ride that one for a while. Chris. Yeah. Well, Coastal Carolina is playing again, but I'm not, I haven't taken a couple of weeks. I've been trying to, to branch out and I'm going to branch out again this week to 
East Carolina. Playing Navy, East Carolina, ECU. I think they're 3-0 against the spread. Navy, I don't know what's going on with them. They don't look very good. I'm going to take ECU to get the cover at home. I think uh, 16 and a half is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you didn't take Coastal, buddy, because my other option was <laughs> to pick against Coastal. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel great about it. Otherwise, I would, but I can. Yeah. No. I, I think Coastal loses to George State yeah. this weekend, but we'll see. All right. That's it, boys. We have made it all the way through here. Another very successful week, in my opinion. I assume we will all have success and see, as I mark this, a whole lot of green. A whole lot of green on my Google Doc by the end of the weekend. Do yourselves a favor, everybody who listens to this show. First off, do us a favor. Share it with a friend. Leave us a rating or review. Five stars, please. We will read some reviews here on the show, but we just get the word out. Uh, we would love you to do so. Uh, follow us on Twitter at 1012 network T E in the number 12, the word network on Instagram at 1012 pod. We'll have that big home field apparel uh, news on Sunday. Don't forget. You can follow Daniel on Twitter at Danner B seven B is in boy. Seven is the number uh, hop in the Slack chat. You want some advice from Danner from Daniel from Danner. Sorry. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, sleep regression for the four month old. Uh, <laughs> Chris is on Twitter at Chris Ross Sports. He tweets a little bit, not a lot. Uh, Chris has got a big drop this this evening. A big drop. Nope, not beats. Not a not a new album. It's some frisbees. Uh, discs. I want to make sure I use the correct terminology. Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're frisbees, but uh, I mean we call them discs. And uh, if you're familiar with disc golf, yeah, there's a uh, some uh, some new plastic coming out tonight with from MVP Axiom Streamline all of them. Um, and then, uh, what was the third one? Oh, Infinite. Infinite's dropping a, a new Halo disc. So you'd have to know Disc Golf to know what that means. If you do know Disc Golf, check out SysTelDiscGolf.com. If you don't... New plastic. Ooh. Yeah. I love I loved the terminology. Go follow Chris on Twitter. Go follow Daniel. Go follow us. Big home field news coming up. Uh, go, don't forget to make your prize picks. Use promo code NETWORK12. If you haven't bought home field... Network 12, get you 15% off for first purchase. Make sure you're checking out every show in the network. Everyone is killing it. It's football season. You should be following everyone for all the things you need. We will be back on Monday to recap the weekend that was and look ahead to the week that will be. We will talk to you all then. Podcast Network.